What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the October 26th edition of OTN's Level Up Live, your home for the hottest takes in gaming news. My name is Fiasco, but you can call me John, and I am joined, as always, by the king of the courtside, the courtside king, and OTN's newest follower on Twitter, Joey. What's up, buddy? (laughs) Okay, for the record, and this has been even a pre-Musk thing, for some reason, my account decides to unfollow things randomly at times. Uh, apparently, today was one of those times because I saw John tweet out a teaser for today's episode. Like, I don't know, it was around lunchtime or whatever. And then sometime between then and when I have left, right there. I was unfollowing the account when I went to retweet the teaser later. So not really <laughs> sure what happened, um, but I have refollowed. If you so were yes, here. as John said, it is a fact. I am OTN's latest follower. Uh, over there on X, formerly Twitter. Live um, on Twitch, you can see the receipts right here on my phone. Uh, it is backwards uh, on the screen, but I don't care. Uh, Joey, I appreciate you supporting OTN, becoming a part of the OTN family. Uh, we are pleased to have you following uh, our OTN Twitter account. Uh, welcome. I hope you enjoy your stay. You should probably join our Discord, too, by the way. Nation. Uh, do something that Joey wasn't doing 20 minutes ago, there and that go. is following <laughs> OTN on social media. You can follow on Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media. You can follow on Instagram and threads, which I have confirmed Joey is still following at OTN underscore media. And while you're on Twitter and threads, make sure you do something that Joey wasn't doing earlier. And that's following. You can follow Joey as well at Courtside King, myself at Fiasco. That's across all platforms. We would love to have you follow us since you're spending your Thursday evening with us or whenever you're listening to the podcast. Thank you. And uh, thanks in advance for the follow. Simple as that. Nation, while the live show on Twitch is the place to be, we do offer the show in the podcast form. Check out the Level Up podcast available on your podcatcher of choice. Just look us up and we are there for you. Simple as that. Extra credit. You all have Amazon Prime. We know you do. In fact, the whole world you does. The government knows you does. China knows you do. Everyone knows you do. Everyone is in on you having Amazon Prime, which means you have a Twitch Prime sub. Use it on OTN today. And Joey will play Halo Infinite with you because uh, he needs the carry. Simple as that. So use your Twitch Prime sub and carry Joey Max. to victory. All right, Joey, what in the world are we talking about today on uh, today's episode of Level Up? That is a great question, John. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, not a ton of Nintendo or PC news this week, so mainly sticking with PlayStation and Xbox, uh, as well as some kind of things that will hit multiple consoles and platforms. Uh, your Metal Gear Solid collection news, Alan Wake 2, Uh, Some new DLC for Power Wash uh, as far as those kind of multi-game news goes for PlayStation. Unfortunately, a couple layoffs, but also plenty of good news in the terms of Spider-Man 2. On the Xbox side, uh, we now have a teaser for the Fallout TV series, which is coming next year. We have some milestones that were hit as well as some of that restructuring currently going on under the Activision Blizzard deal that just went through recently as well. So uh, we have a nice blend tonight, John. We have some businessy stuff. We have some fun kind of creative game stuff. Uh, and then we're just kind of walking our way through some other news here and there between the two. Outstanding, Joey. I'm exhausted, but I am fired up uh, for today's show. Uh, so, Joey, before we can hop into it, what is your drink of choice for tonight's episode? John, I'm drinking tea tonight. Um, and unfortunately, I think I grabbed a black tea, which is probably a terrible decision. Black uh, tea is great. Night. What are you talking about? Um, uh, well, you're not supposed to drink it late at night because of the caffeine oh. in it. Uh, I don't really feel that affected by caffeine to begin with, um, but this is, I think, dandelion something tea. Dandelion? Yeah, dandelion. That's a weed, sir. 
It is. I'm calling I'm the drinking police. Drinking weed tea. Joey is weed drinking tea weed tea. Uh, Joey, uh, fresh from my trip from Colorado, I snagged a Rockies cup on the way out, and it's got water. Sorry. My Ooh, bad. Chat is drinking truly tonight. That's okay. And uh, chat's also flirting in chat. I kind of like it. I like it a little bit. A little rocking little five o'clock stubble. I like it. Thank you. Uh, Joey, we have our beverages. We have our topics. And let's go ahead and dive into it today. But first, today's episode of Level Up Live is presented by GamerBytes. Bite-sized gaming news delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today, otnmedia.org slash gbsignup. Joey, let's dive headfirst into our first segment. We're skipping over Nintendo. They haven't done a damn thing in a minute, <laughs> a.k.a. a week. Uh, so we're going to skip right over them and go right into PlayStation yeah, absolutely. There should be some Nintendo news coming soon enough. Obviously, big news last week with Super Mario Bros. Wonder uh, dropping to high critical praise. But yeah, as John said, not really too much to report this week for Nintendo. They kind of ebb and flow with their news segments. However, PlayStation and Xbox constantly in the news, it feels like nowadays. Uh, I like to start with the bad news first and then kind of make our way into the good stuff. So we're going to get that out of the way here. Uh, unfortunately, PlayStation has had another round of layoffs. We're talking 15 to 20% of the staff and Media Molecule being laid off. Uh, Media Molecule did put out a statement on this. Uh, in addition, for those who don't know what Media Molecule is, their most recent game is Dreams. They've also been responsible for stuff like Little Big Planet. That was pretty popular at one point as well. Uh, the statement from Media Molecule, they say, Media Molecule has made significant strategic changes during the past year, including shifting our focus from Dreams to our new project. No details given on that new project for now. Uh, they go on to say, we have had to make the difficult decision to begin the consultation process for team members within certain departments of the studio. This is a tough mo moment for the individuals impacted in the studio overall. They go on to pretty much say every single role has a process. Unfortunately, every single role is kind of not going to fit into this new setup. Now, Media Molecule, I think, is one of the coolest creative studios in the industry, and I think this is a huge loss of talent for media as well as for PlayStation. Uh, unfortunately, when you have those creative projects, it's very creator-driven, and you have to come up with good ways to make revenue streams from them. And I think PlayStation gave a little bit too much here and didn't find a way to pull enough back in. Um, same with Halo Forge, for example. I think 343 is not making any money monetarily, but the Halo player count dropped off so bad that the creative talent being used in there is bringing back players. So at least they're getting some kind of benefit from it. The really positive ones, obviously, like Fortnite Creative is doing extremely well. Uh, there's ways, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, chat, uh, I don't know if it's out yet, but there will be ways, if there are not already, to monetize creations. So that's one way that they can bring in revenue from that front. You look at stuff like Roblox, uh, there's a way to monetize in that as well. So when you have these big creative projects, it takes a lot of investment from teams, and you have to find a way to kind of bring that income back in some way or another. Uh, and while Dreams, I think, is probably one of the best creative processes out there, uh, at least before Fortnite's mode came out, I think, unfortunately, the revenue stream just wasn't quite there. Now we're seeing some of those cuts come through as a result. Anything else to say on Media Molecule? I hate seeing layoffs in anything. Yeah, I they were weren't they the developer behind uh, the Sackboy series? Um, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, I think that was Sumo Sackboy. Let me check though. I think you're thinking Little Big Planet. Yeah, but I yeah, that one. Be wrong. Little Big Planet. Sackboy. 
who was the developer on Zach? I think it was Sumo Digital. Yeah, I, I meant I meant Little Big Planet. I, I, that's what I'm thinking yeah. too. Yeah, Little Big Planet. <laughs> Little Big Planet is probably their most well known yes. one. I would think. Yeah, and, and that was great. Like that was one of the games that I was bummed when I made my switch from PlayStation to Xbox, uh, giving up that title, uh, being a PlayStation exclusive. Um, so yeah, I, I was a little bummed by that. But yeah, I think I think that's bad news overall. Um, for that developer, uh, a really good group of people over there making some really interesting and unique games. Um, so, so yeah. And Joey, look at that chat saying you look like you're employed and that you I, work I think in I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> I mean, that is a good thing. You don't want to look unemployed. That's, 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 not, that's not a good look. But, but yeah, it, it's tough. Layoffs are always tough. Uh, the economy is still a little crazy uh, and affects the video game industry as well. Uh, so that is an unfortunate uh, byproduct of the times, unfortunately. It is. It is. Uh, this next bit of news is kind of in that medium range. It could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. Uh, longtime PlayStation veteran and internal production head Connie Booth is out after 25 years and over 100 games shipped with the company. Obviously, with her being there that long, there are some very big legendary titles there. God of War, Uncharted, The Last of Us. Uh, I mean, anything you can think of, Ratchet and Clank, Horizon, all of those big titles have come out under Connie Booth's tenure. Now, with that being said, we have seen a bit of a shift in direction with PlayStation recently. I don't know who to attribute that to. I have some sources, but they are not that good. Uh, it, we've seen them kind of move toward this monetization live service aspect. Was that Connie's push? I don't know. Was that Jim's push? Was that Sony corporate's push? We don't really know the answers to that, um, but it does seem Connie may have had some kind of impact in there, or at least the company has decided to go a different direction here, uh, getting rid of a veteran. Now, I say getting rid of, we don't really 100% know what happened, and no one seems to want to say except for past creative, um, I think he was the co-founder or the creator or whatever of God of War, um, David Jaffe. He was the original creative on that project, and he has come out and said that he believes she was fired. Uh, as well as some other team members alongside her. Now, we cannot confirm that. Sony's statement did not say she was fired, obviously. Uh, it just thanked her for her time there. It sounds like it was, a, I would say it was likely, uh, given some of the stuff we've seen going on over there, but we really don't know. So some way or another, Connie and PlayStation are no longer together. Uh, she did do a great job there overall for many, many years, though, and I think needs to be honored for that. Uh, with that being said, her and a number of her team members, if these rumors are to be believed beyond just Connie leaving, uh, there will be quite an overhaul over at the internal production team for PlayStation. Now, again, a lot of people are complaining about their recent move into like live service and monetization games. This could be the shift needed to shift them back more toward that single-player focus, or it could be something completely different. We really don't know, so it's tough to tell if this is a good or a bad thing for now, um, but there will be significant changes, at least in that department. And for those wondering who's going to take over, if you believe David Jaffe, that creator of God of War, he is saying that Angie Smets from Guerrilla, uh, who did a lot of work on the Horizon series, will be taking over as the new head of production internally. So we'll, that, I don't believe, has been confirmed by PlayStation yet, so we'll keep an eye out for that one as well. Okay, next up, into the fully positive news, Spider-Man 2, John, it has swung onto PlayStation 5 platforms, uh, and it has do it in quite style. I mean, not only can you fast travel almost instantaneously with the PlayStation Solid State Drive, um, but on top of that, it is bursting its way right into some record books. 2.5 million copies sold in the first 24 hours, and that is a PlayStation first-party studio record. Yeah, it took down God of War Ragnarok for the fastest-selling game in 24 hours. 
Uh, it's currently on pace to beat the fastest game uh, the, or the most games sold, uh, the fastest game sold in a week, which is also held by Ragnarok at 5.1 million units. So put that in perspective, 2.5 in the first 24 hours. Um, now, that is including pre-sale. So any pre-orders, that is including that as well. Uh, so if you want to add a little asterisk there or not, that's up to you. Uh, but nonetheless, a very impressive uh, 24 hours. We'll have to see uh, the one-week mark uh, when that comes out because that's going to be super exciting to see how much they've sold there. Fastest-selling PlayStation game uh, in the PlayStation Studio uh, family history. Uh, that's huge. It's Spider-Man. Uh, I feel like superhero video games needed something big, uh, especially since DC uh, has had a couple floppers that came out recently. Uh, lo and behold, it's Spider-Man and Marvel coming in to clean it up with the good people at Insomniac. Uh, really super excited for this. Uh, gameplay looks incredible. Yeah, there's some bugs here and there. It's a new game. Just get used to it. That's the way video games are going with live service updates and patches. It'll get fixed. Uh, can't wait for this one to come to PC. My PC will not be able to run it, uh, but <laughs> neither here nor there. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to save up and buy a PlayStation 5, and I really don't want to do that. I don't even own a Switch still, so I really don't want to buy a second console. Uh, simple as that. But, uh, but yeah, I love it. I think it's great. just goes to show the power of Spider-Man also, and Spider-Man's the best. Yeah, I mean, huge sales, right? 2.5 million in the first day, incredible stuff. PlayStation, obviously, a very big console. Now, it doesn't come anywhere close to touching Nintendo, which still Correct. amazes me. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo, I can't remember exactly who Zelda did, but I'm pretty sure it was north of 10 million on the first day, uh, which Xbox is absolutely nowhere close to either. Uh, PlayStation, somewhere between the two. Um, but yeah, 2.5 million copies, incredible stuff. For, and John, you started mentioning it, that one week mark, the record currently... This was posted in November of last year. 5.1 million copies of God of War Ragnarok were sold in the debut week, uh, and that also was a record breaker, making it the first PlayStation party to put up that many numbers in the first week of sales. So with that being said, it's already halfway there, uh, 2.5 to 5.1. You're practically there already. Uh, we'll see how it wrapped up the rest of the week, and if it did surpass it, I have a feeling it probably surpassed that number, yeah. um, but we'll have to keep an eye out and see once that's fully reported. Anything else to touch on with Spider-Man or PlayStation? No, I just want to play Spider-Man so bad. A lot of people do. I can't tell you guys how many DMs I got uh, from people this week like, ooh, when's PlayStation or when's Spider-Man coming to PC? I was like, I have no idea. Uh, it feels like the window is getting smaller and smaller, but if you want to play anywhere... I would guess within the next nine months, you probably need to pick up a PlayStation 5. Uh, if you really wanted to play that badly and you don't want to pay full price, maybe just wait about a month longer and you'll see those prices drop a tad bit for Black Friday. Um, but that is just an estimate based on what we've seen in the past. Uh, it's still selling like hotcakes, so who knows if they even drop it much at all. Um, but yeah, for now, PlayStation 5, no announcements for PC. And unfortunately, I do not have any news on the back end. Uh, all I can tell you is that that window from console to PC is going to get smaller and smaller. Uh, I've heard some games are now being considered three months on console first and then going to PC, uh, and that even could become day and date in the next year or two. Next up is over to the Xbox side of things. A couple milestones to hit on at the top. Forza Horizon 5 has surpassed 34 million players, nearing 35 million ahead of its two-year anniversary next month. Uh, I loved Forza Horizon 5. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of motorsport. I definitely tend to lean toward Horizon a little bit more than the motorsport franchise. I am not a big sim racer. I am not the best racer. Uh, I enjoy Mario Kart, where I can throw shells at people. 
not as good when it comes to real cars because I kind of use other cars to bump off on turns uh, and I take it a little bit more like a bumper car game. With that being said, Forza Horizon 5 rewards me for that. Uh, I get little arcade points for stuff like that. Unfortunately, Motorsport says you're rewarded with a time penalty instead. So, nice little milestone there. John, I know you enjoyed your time with Forza Horizon 5 as well. I don't know if you've had a chance to try Motorsport yet. No, I have not. Uh, I know my nephew is a big Forza fan. Uh, he has played both games. He has spent way too much time. I remember what it was like being a 13-year-old uh, teenager with zero time in the world and neglecting your, high, your uh, middle school and high school studies uh, to play video games. So, I can't blame him on that at all. Um, but he has put a massive amount of time into uh, Forza Horizon and now uh, the new um, Forza Motorsport. Thank you, Forza Motorsport. <laughs> Words. Uh, he's a big fan of it, so I will take his word of it. Um, yeah, I haven't played it because I've been too caught up on Starfield still. Such a good game. Such a good game. I haven't had a chance to touch base with him either, but over in our Discord server, Andrew from WizDG yep. and Monumental uh, is a huge racing game fan. He was very much looking forward to Forza, and I'm curious... Uh, if it has kind of hit those milestones that he was looking for. Uh, I don't know if he followed through with it, but I believe he was going for a full setup with the wheel, the racing <laughs> pedals, and all of that goodness as well. So I'm curious to see if he followed through, and if so, if he's enjoying the game. Well, I see him on Saturday, so I'll ask him if he doesn't respond. There you go. <laughs> I'm very, very curious on that front. Uh, next up, one more milestone on the Xbox side. Obsidian's The Outer World has surpassed 5 million copies sold. Uh, if you guys like space games and Fallout-style stuff, and maybe Starfield's not quite your thing, you want something a little bit more zany, uh, definitely worth checking out The Outer Worlds. I think this is one of the better games that year when it ended up releasing. Uh, it is definitely goofy, though. Uh, it has those kind of fun dialogue trees that you would see in a Fallout, but it definitely takes that zanier approach to things. Uh, as those who are here on Twitch with us, uh, you can see some of the advertisements they put out for this milestone as well. Next up, Fallout. The TV series has an air date, guys. I've been mentioning for years now. There were three series uh, when it came to game adaptations to movies and TV series that I was looking forward to the most. Those were The Last of Us, which aired and did phenomenally well. Fallout is the next one on my list, and we now have a date, uh, as well as a little teaser we'll show here on Twitch. It's coming out April 12th, 2024. Uh, again, this one is in my top three range for adaptations to TV. I think there's a lot of material to work with in Fallout. This one is going to be a spinoff. They're going to do it based in LA, uh, which I think is a good direction too. That way you can still base yourself in lore, but you give yourself some flexibility to move around so you don't have a mishap like we had with Halo, where they try to work within the lore and then they switch to a silver timeline. And it becomes a giant mess when Master Chief takes his helmet off in Episode 1. This should be a lot easier to work with uh, with them choosing a different setting here. And I trust Todd Howard a lot more than I trust Paramount+. Plus, So I have much more faith on this front. Uh, with that being said, the other one I'm excited for is The Elder Scrolls. I don't know if that one's officially been announced yet, um, but I believe that is in the works at Netflix. So I'm pretty stoked to see what that one ends up looking like. Um, but John, any expectations for Fallout? I don't remember if you've played many Fallout games, um, but are you hyped for the TV show regardless? I have dabbled in the past. Um, yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch I mean, look, at the end of the day, it can't be as bad as Halo. Um, and I was part of the large population that quit after episode one, especially after Master Chief took his helmet off and he looked like a goober. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, not a huge fan. Not a huge fan of it, so they, they better not uh, screw it up. But, um, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I think it should be a fun one to dive into. Chat also asking about God of War. Is it a movie or TV show? 
I think the God of War thing was a movie, but yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head. It would be gr- it would be great either way. I mean, there's so much you can work with in God of War, um, and I just feel like just because of the ethos it's coming from, you can just do so much with it. Like anything with like myth- uh, any kind of like ancient mythology or anything you can throw in there right. with with uh, you know Kratos and whatnot. It's just it's there's so much possibility. Put that in the right uh, producer and director's hands. And uh, you can do wonders with that thing. Wait, Potluck, what game are you talking about beating in 13 minutes? That's not Spider-Man, is it? I'm very curious what he's talking about. We'll come back to that. Um, Interesting. I, maybe he's using console commands or something. Uh, with that being said, <laughs> uh, the Fallout TV series are now at that date. Again, April 12, 2024, if you're looking forward to that. Uh, I think you will be once trailers start dropping for that as well. Uh, as long as the from Pot of Luck, the game was the Outer Worlds. Oh, apparently you can beat the Outer Worlds in 13 minutes. Oh. I can tell you I have absolutely not done that. Um, I am much farther in and not even close to finishing. So not quite sure how that one works, but apparently there is a way. Okay, next up in line, Phil, Sarah, and a number of other Xbox executives have been traveling around the world. Uh, they were in Sweden last week, now making their way to Irvine, California, where they met up with the team from Blizzard. Uh, Blizzard, I don't have the staff count in front of me. I think it's like 4,000-something people working at Blizzard. Uh, it is a healthy total over there, uh, and they've been through a lot. We've definitely heard about that in the news many a times. Uh, unfortunately, sexual harassment stuff going on. Uh, there's been a lot of underhanded things going on in that office uh, from the higher-ups and the way they treated some of the developers below them. And it sounds like that is finally on the mend of getting cleaned up, at least over this past year. And now with Microsoft taking over, there should be even more pressure to clean up any remaining things that are not quite as clean as they should be in that environment. Uh, We will wait and see how that ends up being cleaned up. But for now, everyone seems very happy for the most part. Uh, A lot of devs speaking out that they're happy to be a part of the Xbox family uh, and more or less the Microsoft family. Microsoft is one of those very good companies to work for in the world right now as far as benefits. So Blizzard getting a nice little bump up in that direction. Um, But it sounds like in this part, not as public. uh, From what I'm hearing behind the scenes, there is some nerves still about if layoffs are going to happen with a big acquisition like this, as well as ongoing layoffs that were already happening at Activision. Will Microsoft continue to cut heads over there as well? It's a possibility, right? You bring in 10,000 something staff. Uh, it is definitely a possibility that some Activision p- developers will be cut in the years ahead or maybe even just the months ahead. But there is a lot more optimism, it sounds like, overall as well. Uh, one thing Phil Spencer said in his speech to Blizzard is that he views Blizzard as kind of the Pixar of the gaming industry. Uh, and that quote has been tossed around on social media quite a bit. And John, I know you and I were talking about it a little bit as well as some other people on the Discord server. And I tend to agree with this. Blizzard has kind of been one of those... Uh, they've created IPs that have been around for so long. I mean, Diablo, Warcraft, then into the MMO of World of Warcraft with that same IP, StarCraft, uh, really the biggest esport title when it first launched. I mean, these are IPs that have stood the test of time for decades on decades. And I feel like a lot of them are incredibly memorable. And even with the Pixar experience, I think you can also look to some of the cinematics. While Overwatch has definitely taken a step back, some of the cinematics, like that Bastion one, I mean, that one was a tearjerker when it first released. That was brutal. So... I, I think it's a great comparison, and I'm sure you have more to touch on as far as that goes as well. Um, but overall, as someone who dabbles with Blizzard games but hasn't played a ton of them in recent years, I know you've played more than I have, uh, I like this in the aspect that I feel, and again, it's still too early to tell, but I feel like Blizzard is going to get a little bit more freedom under here as we do start to see that branding tend to be a little bit more Xbox Blizzard as opposed to Activision Blizzard now. 
Yeah, and, and that's one thing I like, too, is is based upon from what we've seen from the releases from Microsoft and Xbox, it looks like Activision and Blizzard will be separate again. They're not going to be the same entity. There'll be, like, two different studios going forward under the Xbox umbrella, which I, th- I think is a, is a good move. Like Activision, I understand the merger between the two when it happened, but... With the Activision leadership coming in, that's when a lot of the issues started to happen at Blizzard. Not saying that there wasn't issues that may have been tucked away prior to that acquisition, but that's when it really, when things really started to come to light was during that acquisition period in the years following, obviously. Um, and, and like Joey was saying, you know, Blizzard is a developer that I've played uh, their games from when I was, you know, a, a small kid, you know watching my dad play games on the computer letting me play games on the computer one of my first games ever played was starcraft was warcraft um and like you were mentioning joey i mean the the number one esport in the world that you can argue right now league of legends and and also the top tournament in the world the international for dota when it comes Mm -hmm. to to fundraising both of those games are styled after a map created in the Warcraft 3 multiplayer universe, the Defense of the Ancients map. That's what Dota stands for. That's where Dota and League of Legends came from, was that map. You know, that was something that was technically created on a Blizzard IP. Uh, So Blizzard has a really big role, not just in the gaming community, but also in the esports community as well. Yeah, we can argue they mishandled uh, you know, Overwatch and the Overwatch League. Yes, you know, Activision helped mishandle Call of Duty League. Like, there's a lot of things that you can say Blizzard and Activision have done wrong, but when you take a look at the overall history, especially of a company like Blizzard and their impact on gaming, and now uh, their commitment to uh, uh, the in-game videos, the the cinematics. The cinematics. Thank you. I was like, I was like, it starts with a C. Uh, the cinematics, um, they really are the Pixar. I mean, they are developing games that tell a great story, that have so many layers of lore packed away in, in whatever titles. Even in Hearthstone, there's lore, which blows my mind. Heroes of the Storm, when that was an actively supported game, you're combining all those universes and all your favorite characters that are now able to play a, a, together and against one another. They all have unique voice lines and interact uniquely and have different Easter eggs from those games. They do such a great job at telling a story, and that's what Pixar does best, is they tell a great story. Yes, the animation is great, but it's the story that they're able to tell through the animation. That's exactly what Blizzard's been doing for years, prior to even being called Blizzard. They were, be, they were able to tell a story, and that's Blizzard's bread and butter. When you take a look at BlizzCon, even the stages they present on, they're not just a blank stage. They're not just, you know, oh, welcome to the Apple Theater. Uh, I'm Tim Cook. This is a blank uh, stage with a massive screen behind me. No. Like, you follow Warcraft on, on social media. They're showing you the props that they're bringing in for their stage presentation. They are telling a story at every single moment. The Pixar reference is 100% spot on. I think it's a massive compliment. Um, you know, there's some people that are like kind of like scratching their heads like, I don't understand it. That's a massive compliment. Massive, massive compliment. Um, I think this is great. Um, 
yeah, I understand that the that there are people that are are a little nervous, a little hesitant with Microsoft taking over and and Xbox taking over, but at the same time, um, as someone who believes somewhat in the hands off approach that Xbox has, I think that's something that Blizzard desperately needs. Being able to do what they do best, and that's create a story. Being able to go places uh, that their games haven't gone yet, and not being afraid to attack certain things that happen in game. Let's be real here. Blizzard missed a major, major opportunity when Sylvanas burnt down the world tree in Teldrassil back in Battle for Azeroth. That was hardly touched on. That's an act of war. That is terrorism. That is that is genocide to a point because you're going after a race in the game. Um, that was a massive storyline, and that made a lot of people that played the game feel a certain way. You know, whether it was good or bad, it made people feel a certain way. As someone who's played on the Horde side the entire time of playing World of Warcraft, I was not proud to be a Horde player. I rolled an Alliance tune for the first time in a very long time and started grinding out an Alliance tune because I felt ashamed for being a part of the Horde because the story encaptured me as a young kid back playing Warcraft, all the way through World of Warcraft, that story they told hit me so deep that when Sylvanas did that, it hurt. A lot of Horde players were in pain. That's the kind of emotion Blizzard is able to instill in their games through their storytelling. That is absolutely powerful. Yeah, I'm pissed off one of my favorite characters is now a horrible, horrible, bad person. But at the same time, no other video game has made me have those kind of moral dilemmas playing it. So so kudos to Blizzard for that. But yeah, absolutely love it. It's great. So sorry for the rant, but that was yeah, Oh no, you're I, good. I love and, and I think I think the other thing we might see under this new leadership, and again, this is a might, we really don't know yet. Um, but I feel like some of the flexibility with the way titles are handled. Overwatch, for example. That was not a decision made by developers. That was not even a decision made by some of the lead developers. I mean, Jeff Kaplan left because of the decision, more or less. Uh, You look at some of that stuff, maybe we would have never gotten Overwatch 2. We would have just had a better Overwatch 1. We've seen some other projects in the past, like they were trying to play with StarCraft and other IPs, or other um, genres, rather. Like StarCraft Ghost is one game that a lot of people are bummed never came out. Maybe under the Microsoft umbrella, we do eventually see a third-person shooter StarCraft game. Uh, Maybe we see the return of Heroes of the Storm. I feel like there is room for a console MOBA right now, and Xbox is now in that position where they could put Heroes of the Storm on console, on PC, and on mobile, and kind of have have a little bit of a leg up in League of Legends in that area. Now, again, League of Legends is dominant. It does extremely well on mobile and PC, and I would not be surprised if we see League of Legends Wild Rift on console in the very near future. But at the moment, there is a little bit of flexibility there, especially with those rich IPs that Blizzard has on top of these other IPs that Activision has. And now you have the whole Xbox and Bethesda IP. You could throw Master Chief in there. You could throw Marcus Phoenix. You can throw Ori. You can throw Doom Slayer. There is definitely a lot of move if they want to try to re... I mean, almost resurrect Heroes of the Storm. Technically, it's still there, uh, but it is definitely on life support. If they want to try to revamp that, they now have a little bit of room to work with there and maybe a little bit more of that creative control uh, as well as that bigger funding to actually try a project like that because we've seen it with Redfall, right? Something comes out, it might not land well, 
and then the team has the option to give it a little bit more love over the months to come, or they get told to move on to another project, but it's a lot more flexible, at least in recent years, when it comes to the way Microsoft has handled these projects. So I'm hoping Blizzard gets some of that same status as well. But again, time will tell. This is just us predicting for now. Um, but as John said, Blizzard has made some of those uh, really games and cinematics that can pull up the heartstrings and hit the emotions. And similar to Pixar, I feel like there's a lot of creativity there that could be tapped if it has enough flexibility to do so. And I'll say this too. BlizzCon is next weekend. Um, there's strong, strong signals that they're going to announce the new expansion. Um for World of Warcraft, which means they may have a cinematic, possibly. Uh, and if they do, that's going to be one to watch because this is going to be the, the first expansion that Chris Metzen's had his hands on, uh, like directly impacted even back when he was part-time with Blizzard, now in his full-time creative role with Blizzard. This is going to be the first expansion back, and there is a lot of excitement in the World of Warcraft team developing this expansion so if there is a cinematic next week definitely definitely pay attention to it because they are just able to do some of the best storytelling ever in those cinematics for these expansions it's i'm really excited for it so if, if you haven't experienced it and you want to experience it live for the first time you don't have to wait too much longer it's a week away and there's a good chance we'll see it I like it. I like it. I'm just going to quickly run through the last couple business points here so we can get more back into the fun stuff. Uh, a few Xbox leadership restructuring changes. There's a number of them that happen, but just a couple to highlight for you guys. Matt Booty, currently overlooking all first-party Xbox studios, has now been promoted to president of game content and studios, and his responsibilities will now include ZeniMax as well. Previously, some of that was overlooked by Pete Hines, uh, who was head of marketing over at ZeniMax Bethesda, and then ended up moving into a role where he oversaw the studios. Now he retired after 24 years with the company. Matt Booty will be assuming those responsibilities. Uh, the other one worth highlighting, and I think she's being groomed for eventually Phil Spencer's position, is Sarah Bond. She's been promoted to president of Xbox. She'll be bringing together devices, player and creator experiences, platform engineering, strategy, business planning, data and analytics, and business development pretty much everything xbox uh so big promotion for sarah and for those who don't know sarah was integral in the activision blizzard deal she's also very integral in all of these uh really asian titles in general but especially over in japan those japanese games that are now being published on xbox as well as on game pass so big props to both of those two over there and again there are some more changes i'm not going to go into all of them here um, but if you guys want to look at some of the deeper businessy ones go ahead and do so uh tom warren at the verge put up a great article for that as well uh, next up, and just one more business thing, and then we're going to go into the Xbox Partner Preview. Microsoft earnings call, just to give a quick heads up, gaming revenue is up 9% for them this quarter. Xbox content and services up 13%, and Xbox hardware revenue is down 7%. So again, still seeing that dip in hardware, having a hard time making that up. Part of that was due to production. Part of that is just it's hard selling Xboxes over in Asia and Europe right now, so they need to get more creative with that front as Sony is obviously dominating with PlayStation 5 sales over there, uh, as well as Nintendo with the Switch. Uh, gaming, content, and revenue services, though, continuing to rise, and I think this is a lot of people and a lot of analysts are saying this is kind of Xbox showing that maybe they don't necessarily need to push hardware that hard and that their strategy of Game Pass and services is working quite well. As again, revenue up almost 10% and services up 13%. Now, the craziest part of this whole thing 
is, well, a couple more notes, and then we'll go into the crazy part. Uh, Microsoft broke their quarter one record, so they generated $3.9 billion revenue in the quarter. And Satya Nadella, the head of Microsoft, came out and stated that the launch of Starfield generated the highest single-day ad of Game Pass subscribers on record. So again, PlayStation, Xbox, both breaking records week over week, it feels like. Now, the whole biggest thing of all this and why I bring this all up is why uh, we are eventually going to see Activision Blizzard kind of roll into the Xbox umbrella, and they're projecting very, very big gains with that move. Uh, for next quarter, they're projecting a 45% increase in gaming revenue overall, and then content and services up 55%. So they're expecting a very big jump and a very quick integration, at least up front, of Activision into Microsoft and Xbox. So we'll see how that actually plays out in the months to come, um, but at least in these next quarter, they're expecting a lot of growth and a lot of integration. Okay, enough business talk. Let's get to the fun stuff. We saw a lot of games this week. Uh, these are not only coming to Xbox. They are coming to multiple platforms. So those chilling with us here who might not be the biggest Xbox fans, now is the time to tune back in on the podcast or Twitch. Uh, we have a number of games that were shown, John, and I think a lot of these suck out to both of us. Uh, in particular, there's a big list. We're not going to go through every one. Um, but what game, I know which one you're going to choose first, stood out to you the most? Well... Uh, it's probably not the first game that I made a comment on during the show, but um, the first thing that I love, just from a nostalgia standpoint, uh, Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater uh, with the in-game, uh, the in-engine look preview. I'm going to see if we can pull it up here for those of us to watch. Um, hmm. Dun, dun, dun. No, not going to let me do it this way. Do it this way. Oh, well, you full screened it on that? There we go. So full live Unreal Engine 5 look at the remake of Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater. This looks absolutely freaking incredible. Um, no, this is not Solid Snake. No, this is not Liquid Snake. It's Joey's favorite snake. It's Naked Snake is his code oh. name in this game. Um, but this, is, this looks absolutely incredible. Absolutely freaking incredible. So much to the point where I want them to redo the original Metal Gear Solid in Unreal Engine 5. It's going to be a massive undertaking. I would pay an absurd amount of money uh, to play the original Metal Gear Solid in, Un in Unreal Engine 5. Um, but, I mean, just the graphics look incredible. This game having taken place um, in a jungle, in the wild, having to survive based upon hunting food while you're also trying to be stealthy and infiltrate this base was absolutely fantastic. And now just looking at it in this next-gen engine just blows my freaking mind. Super excited for this. Um, this one definitely is what stole the show for me, but mainly because I'm a huge, huge, huge Metal Gear Solid fan. Um, but uh, I know the one Joey's talking about. Oh, that was the one I was talking about. Oh, was it? it that was. That was the one I knew it, you were going to pull up, John. <laughs> But I'm curious, what what did you think I was talking about? Did you think uh, Like a Dragon? Yes. Um, uh, okay, go ahead. Touch on that one as well. So this one makes me question the sanity of humanity. Um, <laughs> this is literally Yakuza Vacation Simulator. Um, and, like, it takes a massive twist. Like... 
it has like it feels it has like a feel of like Doki Doki in there also a little bit with some of the cut screens that we saw. Um, but yeah, you are essentially on vacation. You get to build this paradise, if you will, and invite people to your vacation. Some of the people are are bad people that show up, and you have to kick their butt. Um, but this is absolutely ridiculous. Like I don't, I, I just I I don't understand like how something that like I get it. it, it it's it's essentially a meme game. I I, it, I it's totally fine. It's a gimmick, if you will. I just. I mean, I mean, look at this. I mean, what what is this? Like, what are we actually doing? You're on vacation, building your vacation getaway, and then it goes full Yakuza and you have to fight. Like, I, I this is like... It's like Yakuza meets Animal Crossing, I think. Meets one Animal way, Crossing. OG Flavor described yeah, it. With, like, a hint of, of Grand Theft Auto. You know, I just, <laughs> I, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, look at this. He built a chair, and it's like a whole cutscene of like, I I just don't I don't get it. I I don't see the appeal of this. Who wants a tiger in their living room? I, I don't get it. Um, this is why we have The Sims. This is why we have Skyline City Skyline, uh, to build cities and build your own houses and whatnot. I don't. I just. I I just don't get this at all. <laughs> Uh, we'll keep it moving. Uh, another one, speaking of back of Unreal Engine 5, we touched on it a bit with Metal Gear Solid, but also Ark Survival Ascended, the remake slash remaster of the original Ark game. Uh, John, I think this one also looks gorgeous. Again, I'm not the biggest Ark or even survival game player in general. I know you spent quite a few hours in that game as well with some of the other OTN community members. Uh, at least from a graphical standpoint, I can't speak for the gameplay side, but graphics-wise, this is definitely a huge step up. Yeah, it looks great. The only problem was the original arc was never finished uh, and had a lot of bugs. So, <laughs> cool. I'm glad they were able to do a remake. Hopefully, they didn't remake the same bugs and they fixed it. Um, but, yeah, it looks great. I think it looks fantastic. Uh, again, uh, I'm going to need to invest in a better graphics card sooner rather than later. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I think we are both right at that limit for our cards. Uh, we'll have to be purchased sooner or later because just the computers are not going to run these games no. anymore. Uh, if you're a horror game fan, however, these are available on console as well. Still Wakes the Deep is kind of a abandoned on an oil rig in the middle of the ocean type of horror game. Uh, again, I am not the biggest horror game player, and I don't think John is either, but I know a number of you out there who listen to the show are. This one looks really cool. Comes from the Chinese room, and they have revealed some new gameplay, chilling gameplay at that, uh, for Still Wakes the Deep. It's definitely worth checking out. And we also got a little horror preview of Alan Wake 2 as well. Uh, that launch is going to be this week, in fact. Uh, but both games looking very good in their horror genre. We'll touch on Alan Wake a little bit later on in the show as well. Um, but Still Wakes the Deep, I love the graphical look of this. It's kind of that not fully realistic. It has a little bit of an indie look to it. But the sound design, the graphics, it kind of... Um, if you guys ever played The Witness, I get a little bit of like Witness vibes as far as some of the art style. Uh, with a little bit more rust on top of it, like the Wizard City Connect jersey uh, for those NBA <laughs> fans. Um, but overall, I don't know. This game intrigues me. I'm tempted if I'm going to play a horror game this upcoming year, this might be the one I end up playing, uh, especially with it coming to Game Pass as well. Yeah, so since um, Xbox did this in the middle of the workday, uh, for those of us here on the East Coast, <laughs> um, I wasn't really paying attention. So when I looked back and I saw the scene of, of the character walking on the catwalks, the first thing that popped into my mind was Metal Gear Solid 2 
because mm. uh, for whatever reason, I was like, okay, cool, they're going to do more Metal Gear Solid stuff. I saw this and was like, oh, yeah, I remember that part in Metal Gear Solid 2 where you're on the rig and you have to go across the catwalks uh, you know, to defuse bombs and all this other stuff. Uh, like I remember that part, and then I was like, "Wait a minute! This is definitely not Metal Gear Solid Two. This is not it at all. I don't remember this part that's currently on the screen one bit." I was like, "Wait a minute! This is definitely not it." And I was like, "Oh, that's right. This is one of those those spooky games for spooky season." Uh, so yeah, I yeah quickly changed my mind on. But yeah, no, Joey, I'm right there with you. I think it looks great graphically. It's it's fantastic. It looks realistic, but it had like like you said, has that indie game touch to it. Um, I think it looks great. Definitely um, graphically probably one of the better games out there right now. I'm glad that that's the scene that brought you back to reality because if there was something popping out and screaming, I think I probably would have screamed in the office at that point <laughs> if I was not expecting it at all. Um, but I'm glad that was not the case with you and you did end up finding reality when they went through that little crawl hole. Um, but yeah, in the end, I think the game looks good. I think it seems like a fun theme. And again, we had a lot of space horror games last year and the year before. I'm glad this is a horror game that is not taking place in space, and I think that should be nice and refreshing for fans of that genre. A couple other things. So I'm going to skip over some of these, but we had Ikaru Will Not Die also get announced. Manor Lords, uh, kind of a up uh, a top-down rather strategy game, uh, somewhat akin to what we see with like Medieval Total War. Uh, one of the other games that stuck out to John and I, when we did not know it had a game before it, Spirit of the North 2. You can prepare for another spirited adventure with this beautiful fox-bird combo. Uh, John, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me, at least, was graphically. Uh, really cool biomes that you're traveling through. And it's kind of, I wouldn't call it pixelated, almost like, um, it was almost like gem-looking. Uh, it just kind of had really cool cuts to the characters as well as the environment. So I, I'm going to have to try to pick up the original game on sale if it's out there. Because uh, I did look up the price, and it was a little pricey for me uh, for a little bit of an indie game. I think it was like 40 or 50 bucks. Um, but if it does go on sale, I will be picking that up. And Spirit of the North looks quite good to add to the repertoire for the years to come. Yeah, uh, the game looks great. The cinematic looks fantastic. It definitely caught both of our attention. Um, I believe your comment in Discord was like, oh, it's a fox and bird game. Um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, fox and bird game. And then like <laughs> it cuts to the end, and then it's like, Oh, it's the second. It's the second game in the installment. We both like. Wait, there's a first one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was a pretty funny exchange. Uh, that's why you should be watching it. That's why you should be hanging out in Discord. Uh, but nonetheless, like this game looks beautiful. It looks absolutely fantastic. I have no idea what it's about, uh, but I'm right there with you, Joey. I want to play the first one. I don't want to pay fifty dollars for it. Uh, please go on Game Pass so I don't have to pay fifty dollars for it. Um, I think it was forty. I I'm gonna go with forty. It doesn't matter. It needs but either way, it's twenty a bucks. Pricey for yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I think it looks great. Uh, the graphics look great. I, I like the use of the the bright, vibrant colors um, on the bird uh, for the back ends of the feathers. I think it looks really cool. Kind of gave me like an Ori kind of uh, feel to it. Uh, seeing the the uh, the bird glow like that, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, I think this game looks great. Um, does not look like this is coming to Game Pass either, uh, based upon the, the screenshot here, uh, which is a little upsetting. But uh, nonetheless, at least for now, we for don't now, know 100%. Yeah. It's very right. possible that they're trying to get some of the sales to come in and then they pump it up we'll there. But we'll at least for now, we don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. This one looked really, really cool. Uh, next couple, I'll just kind of move through these quick, John, unless you want to stop on one of them. RoboCop Rogue City, we've seen a little bit of gameplay before for it. 
Um, but we did get some new looks at the gameplay for that, and it is launching November 2nd uh, for, I believe, pretty much every console except maybe Nintendo Switch. Don't quote me on that. Um, but it looks quite good if you are a RoboCop fan. I know there's quite a few people on the Discord excited for that one. Uh, we also got to look at another indie game that has kind of been on my list since it was originally shown, I believe, last summer, uh, Dungeons of Hinderberg. John and I are both big fans of the art style here. It gives it a unique flair, uh, but it also seems like there's quite a bit of replayability in the way this one works as well. Yeah, I, I thought this one uh, really stood out from everything else we saw. Just overall 100% different from what we've seen in this showcase so far. Um, it just it looks goofy. It looks fun. It, it looks like it's going to have that replayability. Um, it definitely has uh, more. Uh, like So it, to me, when I saw like the uh, choices for dialogue, it gave me like a persona. Um, kind of crossover with, with the menu options that it throws up on screen for you. Um, but nonetheless, like I, I love it when developers think outside the box when it comes to the graphics. You don't have to have the most realistic graphics. Sometimes something as simple as this is just enough detail to, to kind of get across what you're trying to do. I think this is great. Um, plus, when you don't go super Unreal Engine 5 on it, um, you let people who have a 1080 Ti actually be able to play the game, also, hey. uh, which is nice. <laughs> there is that. Oh yeah, I think this looks great, Joey. I'm super excited for this one. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, this one, I do believe, is confirmed to be coming to Game Pass in 2024. Uh, so if you're on Game Pass, you have the chance to jump right into that one, and I believe that's for PC and console. Uh, and overall, yeah, again, I think this will be on quite a few indie game lists as we head into 2024. Uh, last but not least, and we can throw some footage of this one up as well, is the finals. Uh, this is kind of that next big multiplayer beta. I believe the beta is live as of today, uh, Thursday the 26th. I think it went live this evening, maybe this afternoon. Uh, this is supposed to be kind of that next uh, big action-packed competitive shooter of sorts. I don't exactly know what it is uh, as far as if it's a battle royale or if it falls into some kind of looter shooter or if it's that extraction style gameplay. I don't 100% know. Um, but what I can tell you is the graphics, at least from the trailer, look phenomenal. Uh, it looks like if you guys remember, and this might be aging myself a little bit, but when we originally saw like Battlefield Bad Company and some of the destruction in those games where you could kind of throw grenades and actually blow out walls and blow out bricks and different things like that. Uh, with just the explosive mechanics. Uh, even Battlefield 2042 of last year, to see some of the storms kind of come through and take down bridges and buildings. Uh, similar to that aspect, it looks like there is a lot of destructibility here in the finals, uh, but it also has a little bit of a game show feel to it as well. Uh, somewhat akin to that game Ubisoft dropped, um, Hyper, Hyperspace, Hyperdrive, Hyper something that no longer exists. Um, but it kind of gave me vibes of that game. Hopefully this one has a better fate than that one did. Um, but overall, it looks like there's quite an assortment of abilities. Obviously, in a gun game, you want quite a few guns available, and it seems like this one delivers in that department. I have heard it is uh, the network com uh, connectivity, I guess, for now is not the greatest. Um, there's been some spikes here and there, as well as some of the like optimization on consoles and PC. I don't know. I haven't tried for myself, um, but from what I'm hearing, it definitely needs some patches. Uh, but again, it is a beta, so hopefully it does end up landing a little bit better. Uh, the closed beta, again, kicked off today. I don't know how long it lasts, and I don't know when this releases as of yet, um, but I know a lot of people are excited for this one from Embark Studios. And it is free-to-play, if I didn't mention that. So free-to-play game, uh, no harm really jumping in and trying it. With that being said, we're going to wrap up our Xbox segment and switch over to our multi-plat general gaming news to wrap up with a couple more topics. 
First and foremost, we touched on it a little bit earlier in that partner showcase, the Metal Gear Solid action. This one a different game, however, the Master Collection Volume 1, and unfortunately, this one's off to a little bit of a rocky start. Snake has come out of his cardboard box and not to the highest of critical praise. Uh, coming out here, hitting a 77 on a critic average on open critic. Still a strong rating, um, but only 66% of critics recommending it. John, I know you were pretty excited for this one. Does this a little bit of a downer seeing these scores come out? No, because they're not true remakes of the games. They, they're a uh, remastered version of uh, games from the 1990s, early 2000s, now trying to be done, you know, upgraded, if you will, to 21st century technology. And, and, and that's kind of the issue is we saw the same thing with GoldenEye 007 when they made that port. Uh, from N64 to Xbox, um, it it had like a slight graphical update, if you will, but the graphics are still N64 graphics. And, you know, those just don't hold up. The nostalgia only goes so far. Um, and then when you take a look at it, like Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear, well, Metal Gear Solid in general got a big graphical update, I believe, when the game came out on was it the GameCube there was there was another console that came out on later is is a remaster with actually 3D models using the same engine that Metal Gear Solid 2 was uh created on uh the big graphical jump between Metal Gear Solid to Metal Gear Solid 2 was huge uh Metal Gear Solid 2 was a launch game for the PlayStation 2 when that came out um so the graphics there are a little bit more acceptable but when you have a, a three-pack like this of three games in literally three different gaming uh, generations in a remastered collection, yeah, it doesn't surprise me it's going to be a low score. It doesn't surprise me that it doesn't exactly work well on present-day computers or present-day consoles. Um, it is a little upsetting. I mean, this is a title um, that uh, Kojima uh, created that I feel like if you're going to do a remaster of it, you need He's to. It's not in the credits, by the way. Well, of, of course not, because of the whole drama between. You know, we're not going to go into that. It's um, fascinating, though. It blows my mind. Um, but the whole thing is, is, is this is a game title created by a gaming mastermind, someone that has uh, one of the biggest brains when it comes to story creation and universe creation um, in the gaming universe, and you're not going to put forward the time and effort into making sure these games run properly. Uh, it, it, it's upsetting. It, it's definitely upsetting. Um, I'm a huge Metal Gear Solid fan. I got to meet the voice actor of, of Solid Snake, David Hayter. He signed my original PlayStation 1 copy of this game. Um, I absolutely love this series, and it, it is upsetting that they put out what I would consider a half-assed mastered version of these games for present-day console and computers. It is a little upsetting. Hopefully they'll fix it. Um, but I feel like if you're going to play this, if you have access to the original games, play it there. You're going to get a better experience. But I do think if you are someone who wants to see a video game that really jump-started um, the uh, stealth genre, the um, uh, strategic shooter, single-player shooter uh, kind of just move the games into that direction, into where we get games like Halo, where we get games 
like Call of Duty later on down the road, things that really set a precedence for, yes, shooter games are going to be popular. The original Metal Gear Solid is one you should definitely play. Um, the story's great. Also, one of the first games to utilize cutscenes and uh, uh, cinematography in-game to tell the story. Uh, the gameplay takes forever to get through, don't get me wrong. The game actually itself isn't that long, but it's all the cutscenes. It's all the dialogue that takes place. Helps build the suspense up. I think it's great. It's one of the first games to do that, and that's where a lot of these other games got that idea from and ran with it. So Metal Gear Solid, a huge, huge game in gaming history to where we are today. I uh, just wish it was done a little bit better. Uh, touching on that, so if you guys are wondering what exactly is wrong with it, this one John and I have not had a chance to play yet, um, but Destin Legary over at IGN has given some notes on what he has seen and what he has played. Uh, to recap, he states, PC versions run abnormally. Konami is investigating that currently. The console version looks slash runs worse than the 360 PS3 versions. Uh, he's still saying that the best way to play right now is the Xbox 360 version played on the Xbox Series X console. Uh, so a little bit of a roundabout way to get that best version, um, but that's what he recommends currently. He also goes on to state that it's capped at the original native resolution of Bluepoint, uh, similar to what John was kind of saying about the Golden Eye reboot that we saw earlier as well. Uh, the Switch physical version does not include the games. Guys, I hate to tell you, this is going to be a trend you see more and more. Uh, when you get those discs, when you get those cartridges, many, many a time nowadays, it's literally just a key to let you download the game. Whether you're on PlayStation, we just saw it with Spider-Man. Whether you're on Xbox, they've been doing it for years now. It seems like Nintendo has joined the party of not putting physicals on the cartridges for some of these games as well. Uh, it's very unfortunate for those who want physical games and for those collectors per se, uh, but it is a direction that I think is going to be something the industry moves in more and more as we go forward. Um, again, it's going to add value to the hard copies that are out there. It's going to get hairy with the DRM policies, and I'm curious how that is kind of going to work as we move forward. Um, but again, it does seem like Switch has joined PlayStation and Xbox in starting to put less and less games on con or on the actual cartridges slash discs, uh, depending where you're playing there as well. The Switch version couldn't download bonus content either. And, oh wait, the Switch version also has especially poor FPS issues as well. So definitely don't play on Switch. Uh, it seems like PC is one to avoid for now as well. So get that Xbox or PlayStation version, or if you want the best experience according to Destin, look for those 360 or PS3 versions at upscale as well. With that being said, we also had another big game get some review scores this week. Uh, this one looking like a potential game of the year contender for a lot of people on list. Uh, currently sitting at an 89% on Open Critic. It's jumped between an 88 and a 92 so far today. And that is Alan Wake 2 from Remedy Entertainment. Currently available on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, as well as PC. 90% of critics recommending this one as well. Uh, unfortunately, guys, we cannot play the trailer. We didn't put a mature rating on the stream today. Uh, but for those who don't like horror games, you're probably preferring us not playing this trailer. Because uh, it is definitely creepy and definitely gets a little bit on the gorier side of things as well. Um, but overall, if you're into horror games, if you like stuff from Remedy, like Control and previous Alan Wake games, seems like this one is going to be down that line and maybe even step it up a notch uh, as far as the Alan Wake series goes. I believe the highest score for an Alan Wake game so far is around an 80. Uh, so this one, at least it looks like somewhere around 10 points higher. Uh, so it's considerably a nice little jump there, but also graphically, I think 
This might be the best graphical looking game to date yet. Don't quote me on that. I've not played it, uh, but from footage we've seen, it seems like the ray tracing especially is very, very good looking in this one. And it's definitely going to be a graphical masterpiece. And it sounds like a gameplay masterpiece as well from critics. Joe, I feel like we need to have like a sub goal here. And if we get to a certain sub goal, we'll do a couch co-op like both of us play it in the dark with the uh, on stream. Alan Wake? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> We'll, we'll set How about the, the deep one? We'll, Still wakes the deep. No, we'll, we'll do Alan Wake. We'll, we'll set it up at your place. We'll, we'll, we'll get everything over. We'll turn, turn all the lights off. We'll put the camera on us. We'll play this game in the dark on stream, screams and all, for everyone I'm wear a to watch. <laughs> I'm sure your wife would love that. Oh, yeah. I, I'm <laughs> sure that would be very much appreciated. As my neighbors as well. I'm ah, sure they'll be fine. They would really appreciate that. Two grown men screaming. Um <laughs> Uh, it definitely sounds like a fun sub goal. I'm not going to lie. I think that I would be willing to invest in that opportunity if I was a viewer. Uh, as a player involved in it, I'm not quite as invested. Joe, if you do this, I'll play Cuphead um, with you. Now, Cuphead, I could see us having no, a lot no, of fun, no, no. though I could also see us breaking my TV or controller. Yes. So that one also makes me slightly nervous as well. But I do think some couch streams in the future would be very fun, and I think... Uh, we could have a good time with some sub goals for those. So stay tuned and let us know if you'd like to see that. Uh, Discord.me forward slash OTN. Uh, jump in there, let us know. Or over on X.com as well, formerly Twitter uh, at OTN Media. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on possibly doing something like that in the future. Uh, last but not least for our other gaming news here as we wrap up the hour, John. Power Wash Simulator. Uh, it seems like this thing just never dies and it continues to grow. Uh, it pulls in insane player numbers. It's done extremely well on Game Pass, done extremely well on Steam, uh, and it just continues to spray away with content. Back jo to the Joey. Future DLC is the latest in the uh, in the cleaning repertoire, per se. Uh, so if you are into Back to the Future or if you're into Power Wash Simulator, uh, it seems like this might be the match made in heaven. No car needed to travel back in space because this one comes in the future November 16th. Just go outside and power wash your damn house. Don't play a video game. Just do it. Get more satisfaction out of it. It's so stupid. <laughs> so right up there with Goat Simulator. And farming I, simulator. I will say, Power Wash Simulator, I, ha I have played some of this. I have Does achievement not hunted this me. game. Uh, I have achievement hunted this game pretty hard at times. Uh, it is very, uh, maybe not the first couple houses. It takes a little while to get into it. But once you unlock some of the harder pressure nozzles and some of the more creative things Listen to yourself right now, Joey. It Listen to yourself. It quite relaxing. I have gotten in the place now where I play this in co-op. Uh, we're all just what? Like, chat and catch up with people like Jay Bertoni and Discord. We would just sit here, play some Power Wash, chat it up, talk about life, throw some like nice cool vibes in the background, a little lo-fi music while we're spraying away. Uh, it, it's it could be an experience, John. I'm telling you, it, it could be life changing. <laughs> For those with the podcast version, I wish you could see John's face. Uh, but unfortunately, you're not here with us on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. Again, this show typically Thursday nights around 8 p.m. Eastern time. It's definitely worth uh, coming on here for not only the trailer viewings live on stream, but also to see John's face every once in a while because uh, we do get some nice reactions on that front, too. Yeah, when, when Joey admits to playing Power Wash Simulator <laughs> co-op style with lo-fi music on, what are you going to do? Light candles, spread rose petals around also? Are I mean, you, don't tell are me. Are you just going to sit there with, you know, you're going to take your shirt off and just power wash away as you power wash your way back to the future? I mean, Joey, I mean, look, uh, you know, hot tub streams were a thing uh, for a little bit. Like, what are you going to do? Create a 
a controller out of a real power wash gun and just like that's a cool and just idea. like shirtless to start power wash and spray okay. on Twitch as you're playing co-op power wash simulator. Oh, back to the future. Oh, so good. I mean, I'm just saying, John, it's a vibe. Don't knock it till you spray it, if you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, it is, it's an experience. And again, I went into it not expecting to have as much fun as I did. I'm just like, why is this game top of the charts week over week? It's like lead steam sales for like five or six weeks now. And I just decided to jump in. I mean, it was on Game Pass. It didn't cost me anything. Now, of course, I'm going to buy DLCs like the SpongeBob one to try out at some point. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just... It's not my typical game style, but it's a fun kind of alternative to just relax and chill. No. Chad is saying that you don't play games to relax at all. No, I don't. I play to win. <laughs> I play I play to experience he plays to win and the game. feel emotions uh, that, you know, emotions that I don't have during the regular day because, you know, work sucks the emotions out of me and I feel nothing. So I come back to play games to feel something again. I'm not going to feel a damn thing power wash in a house. Oh, or as Joey says, oh, it takes a little bit to get into it. You know, after you get to about the third house and you get some, uh, get some of those more high pressure nozzles in game, <laughs> okay, it just gets a little bit better. No, absolutely not. No, I would rather play through Starfield and go through New Game 10 all over again 15 times than play Power Wash Simulator Back to the Future Expansion Edition. No, absolutely not. Now, and I mean, the real question now, John, have you taken on the power washing job in Starfield yet? I'm kidding. There isn't one, but I'm glad you were thinking about that pretty hard over there, <laughs> Joey. I, no, I'm just gonna I'm gonna cut the stream right now. I'm just gonna stop this whole uh, thing. I love it. I love it. Uh, but yes, if you want to relax in a Back to the Future Power Wash DLC, uh, it will be coming a little bit later in November, November 16th. Uh, with that being said, John, that is all the notes I have for today. We Correct. did hit our hour mark on the show. Um, there's a lot to look forward to, right? If you're looking for games that just came out, Spider-Man 2, obviously very high up on the list. Mario, uh, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, rather, uh, the highest rated game of last week as well, coming out for the Nintendo players. You have a number of other cool little indie games. The one I'm going to hopefully check out tonight after the show, Mineko's Night Market. Kind of a Japanese-inspired game. Don't shake your head at me. Um, <laughs> Why are you Animal attacking Crossing me? kind of inspired. There's some cat action going on. Everyone loves a good cat. Um, come on. Aristocats popped off as a Disney movie. Play Stray. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Stray was great. I just finished Stray. Fantastic In fact, I, I unlocked the special backpack as well. Um, but yeah, it's very, very fun stuff. Everyone loves a good cat game here and there. Unless you don't like cats, well, then that's unfortunate. Um, with that being said, you don't like cats, I think get out. It, you're I think Mineko could here. be the perfect indie game uh, with its little cat theme going on. So we'll see what that looks like later tonight. But again, guys, Alan Wake also coming out this week. Uh, if you're into horror games, that will be the big game of the week for sure. And plenty to look forward to in the weeks to come, especially the preview of BlizzCon, John, which can probably be on our next episode. Yeah, pretty much. It definitely can. Falls on the second, right? Yeah. Perfect. We can preview BlizzCon. Look at that. Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of Level Up Live. But before you go, make sure you follow the show on Twitch to catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the podcast version of our show, please do leave us a review if your podcatcher allows so. The Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere else that carries podcasts. Just look us up. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we'd love to hear from our community so much. There are multiple ways you can reach out to us. Joey, what are some of those ways? 
Absolutely wonderful OTN community, new and old. Check us out on Twitter slash X and Facebook at OTN Media. Additionally, you can find us on Instagram and threads at OTN underscore media. And last but not least, find us on Twitch here live with this show. I know many, many, many of you listen on the podcast, but eventually come make your way to Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. The live show typically Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time, as well as some other streams throughout the week. All right, make sure you tune in next Thursday. That is November Second, Joey, it is going to be November already. We're going to preview BlizzCon. It's going to be fantastic. And we're going to be covering all the latest and greatest in gaming news. Do your ears a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, level up. Level up.